a a bit um, odd. Well, I would say uh, non-traditional. For yeah. Us. Is this is this a numbered episode or is this a bonus on screen like We Hate Movies does? I would let's call this a bonus. Let's call this sure. our first bonus episode. This is a bonus, Jonas. Because we've been meaning to do shit like this for forever. This probably since the second we goddamn started this fucking podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we're finally. We said we were, we said we were gonna do it for Get Out, which we did. We said we we're gonna do it for Happy Death Day, which we did not. We said we were gonna do it for the Bye Bye Man, which we did not. Right? Yeah. I believe we said we also were gonna do it for uh, Wish Upon, which did not happen. Fuck, that's a good ass movie. Well, it's not a good movie, but God, it's a fun ass movie. Well. We'll do an episode on Wish Upon one of these days. There's that there's that scene of the girl in like the, the glass elevator who like falls to her death, which whenever I whenever I saw that, I just thought of that vine of like the uh you know that like that trap song, the the fuck out some commas one? No. Okay, anyways, I just remember this video of like some white kid like in a glass elevator being filmed from like um like fifty feet away. Mm-hmm. And he like he's going down and then just like it's like the the, 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 the drop hits and he just like starts like going fucking hog wild in the elevator because he thinks no one can see him. <laughs> That's fun as shit. I love that. Um yeah, we'll get into the movie specifically in a second, but I wanna first talk about the fact that I just went to my favorite fucking brewery in Minnesota. Um, yeah, we're both. Hold on, hold on. Let me uh, let me do something. Are you gonna take a shot? Oh, what's that? What's what have you got there? Tell me about what you're drinking. I got I got Bush. Bush? Oh shit! Oh yeah, real crafty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I I I'm poor now. No, it's fine. No judgment. Um. Uh, I I went to uh, a brewery in Lakeville, Minnesota, called Angry Inch. And it is, if anyone here who's listening who's from Minnesota, go to that shit right now because it's so fucking tasty. They've got a Saison called uh, Daddy's Honey Pot that I bought a fucking growler of and it's delicious. Um, uh, they also have one called Samoan Kisses, which is borderline racist, but it tastes super good. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a, um, a coffee, no, it's a milk stout with like, like flavors of like coconut and coffee so it's like like the girl scout cookie samoas is what it tastes like and they'll, yeah. they'll put a shot of cold press into it and it is amazing <laughs> yeah so uh, I don't know, I, i'm just i'm just drinking because i got a job today so yeah thank fuck yeah um i really just don't want to hold off talking about this movie anymore can we get into it that's just let's just get straight into it all right so first things first i gotta blow your mind yes the guy who played Peter. Yes. Do you know who he is? No, I have no no idea. Nothing. His name is Alex Wolf. Does that ring any bells? Not at all. Okay. What if I mention his brother Nat Wolf? I don't. Just tell me. Just tell me. I don't know what they people. He was one half of the Naked Brothers band. You're joking. <laughs> I'm not at all. Okay. This was this was like a couple years after my time with like when I was into stuff that was being produced by the Disney Channel, right? So, like, I just missed it, but that's fucking insane. Also, he was so good in this movie. He was phenomenal. Also, he was the terrorist in uh, Patriot's Day, the, 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 Boston, the Boston Marathon bombing movie. Yeah, he looks slightly brown, so I think that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, he was, I mean, everyone in this movie was phenomenal. Tony Collette deserves an Oscar nomination. This entire cast deserves, like, uh, uh, a, uh, it, it, does the Oscar does Oscars have an ensemble nomination or is that just the SAG awards? I think that's just the SAG. I don't think the Oscars do that. Okay. They might well, nominate the casting directors, but I think that's about it. 
Yeah, the, I mean, this deserves that, too, because mm-hmm. everyone was pitch perfect. Right. Um, the other kid, uh, what's her name? Uh, Millie Shapiro. Yeah. Ooh. Absolutely phenomenal. Super, okay, can I, I mean, I don't mean to, like, talk about people's appearances, but I think, like, her her fact that, her, like, like, how she looks is so unique. Like, you've, I've never yeah, seen anyone exactly. who's looked like her before. Um, totally was, like, perfect for the role that she was in, right? 100%. Just like so perfectly awkward as a child, right? Yeah. Um, this this is this is her first cinematic role. She's oh, uh, that doesn't shock me. But like she she uh, she she actually has done theater though. She was um for almost a whole year. She was Matilda in the Matilda musical. I love that. <laughs> and she was also Sally Brown in the in the You're a Good Man Charlie Brown musical in 2016. Oh, interesting. I bet she made a great Matilda. I bet so. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. But I I I saw Tony uh, Collette in this. And I was like, she is going to become a gay icon after this movie. Right? Like, absolutely. Right. Oh, my God. Like, uh, okay, okay. So, the end of Act 1. Okay, we're so not gonna, we're not do, gonna, do we want to rattle off, like, a real quick synopsis of the plot, just to, like, refresh people's memory? Sure. Uh, obviously, spoilers, by the way. Right. Uh, if you haven't seen this movie, go fucking see it. This yeah, is one of the best horror movies that's come out in... Well, I don't want to say in a while because then, like, I don't think this is better than Get Out, but it's close. Well, I think it might be better than Get Out. I don't know, but it is like, about the like, caliber the that A twenty four usually puts out. Yeah, so I think movies, this is, so. It's a good fucking movie. This so. is slightly better than It Comes at Night, which I thought was a phenomenal movie that was not very that was not very well received. Okay, not, yeah. not that it wasn't well received, it I, just yeah, did not yeah. get like a lot of publicity. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the basis of the story is, uh, Tony Collette, Annie, uh, Gabriel Byrne, Steve, uh, and then their children, Peter and Charlie are all sort of dealing with the trauma of Tony Collette's, uh, abusive and very mentally ill mother mm-hmm. left on the family when she passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're all kind of dealing with it in weird ways. And then, uh, Peter goes to a party and is forced to take Charlie with him. Charlie eats, uh, 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 Charlie eats, uh, goes into anaphylactic shock, Mm -hmm. and on the way to the hospital, uh, Peter swerves to avoid hitting a dead deer at the same time that Charlie sticks her head out the window, and the head collides with the, with a telephone pole and she is decapitated. You messaged me on Twitter the second this happened, I assume, in the theaters? No, I, I didn't, Blair, please. But, but, I mean, you messaged me after getting out of the theaters, too, so I wasn't sure yes. when in the timeline it happened, but you told, you messaged me at some point during Twitter, like, her whole ass head came off, and I was like, I know. <laughs> like, Millie Brown, Millie Shapiro, I almost said Millie Brown, that's the, that's the, uh, that's the Stranger Things kid. Yeah. Um, Millie Shapiro, she was everywhere in the promotional materials for this right. movie. I fully did not expect her to die so early in the fucking I did film. not expect I, I really didn't expect her to die end sentence, but she she whole the whole head, the entire head came off. But anyways, so that, that was when the movie the, I just want to say for a second that was when I was like this movie is completely fucking horrifying. Yeah. Right? Because not only does uh, Tony Collette's character have to contend with the death of her mother who she was di- like estranged from which is traumatizing in its own super unique way but then she has to contend with the death of her goddamn daughter which is not i'm not going to say it's the fault of peter but it is related to him exactly so so it is easy to ascribe blame to him right so she Um, has to untangle all of that and it's just like 
fuck, this is horrifying, right? So, yeah. So she meets this woman at grief counseling named Joan, who teaches her some seance shit. Right. And then uh, she does the seance shit with Peter and Stephen. Mm -hmm. And uh, Charlie's voice comes out of her mouth. Yes. And then, then some weird ghost shit starts happening. And then she's like, hey, this is bad. Um, she tries to talk to Joan, but Joan is not, she can't find Joan anywhere, and there are some hints that Joan is up to something. Yes. Mm. Um, and then, uh, it all kind of culminates in, uh, Stephen burning alive, uh, Annie getting possessed by something and cutting her own head off, mm -hmm. and then Peter becoming d possessed by the demon. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you. Well, possessed by Charlie... And then Charlie, Charlie, who was Charlie, who is like the the Paymon, the yeah, the, my my least favorite Digimon. <laughs> um, yeah. right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry about this in advance. This is gonna sound bad on the recording, but I do need to turn my AC on because it's fucking hot in here. It's all good. This is like a low. This is bonus. Episode. This is bonus content. Yeah, you're, you're getting lucky it. you're getting this episode. <laughs> fucking greedy bitches. Ingrates. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, I'm also gonna take my shirt off. Hold on, my headphones are coming off. It's getting saucy in here. Oh shit. Entire I had a shirt. shot of Seagram's apple vodka, but it was a big shot, so it was like two shots. Apple vodka. You know, um, um, while I was at the brewery, they kept me and the bartender. Oh, no, not me and the bartender. My dad and the bartender kept talking about distilleries, and I was like, fuck, I don't drink hard liquor, but all of this sounds really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> like the entire time. Because they started talking about a horseradish vodka, which sounds nasty, but she was like, oh, I swear to God, it's super good, which... I hate vodka and I don't like horseradish, but I really want to try it anyway, you know? That does sound nasty, but also looks like something I would try. It sounds kind of like a uh, salted caramel doesn't sound very good, but then you try it and you're like, oh, it's pretty good. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, so before we get into uh, just everything we loved about this movie, I kind of want to do our grievances first and just get those out of the way. I have a couple of grievances with this movie. The first thing is that I feel like the second hour is not as good as the first. That's I once would the, agree, yeah. Once this starts turning into an actual horror movie, I think it loses a little bit of something. The first hour is just a very tortured family drama about dealing with grief. Mm -hmm. And I think it's still, don't get me wrong, I think it's still very, very good when it kicks off into the actual horror movie stuff. But I think it loses a little bit of that, like, just imperceptible, it's just imperceptible how good that first half is. <laughs> Part of me wanted it to remain psychological rather than paranormal. Yeah, I, 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 I think it was done well, but like when I when I found out it was demons, I was like, oh, so we're doing this? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I was, I was, um, I even if it when it started like building the story of it, I kind of wanted it just to be like a sort of shared delusion, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, because mental health is a big theme in this movie because, uh. Tony Collette's character talks about the fact that her mother, father, and brother all suffered from some degree of psychosis. Yeah, uh, to the point that it ended two of their lives. Yeah. One of them from suicide, one from just not eating right. due to delusions. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I kind of like, and we know like, like in sort of a medical sense that like schizophrenia and other sort of psychoses are like occasionally hereditary. hereditary. Yeah. So... I, I sort of wanted it to be, I, I guess it w became metaphorical through the paranormal shit that happened, but I kind of wanted it just to be straight up textual. I felt like the, I felt like the invocation of the paranormal was not a necessity for this movie. Mm. I think it, I think it erased a lot of the ambiguity that there could have been at the end of this movie. Yeah, I know, I totally when agree. I got out of, when I got out of the theater with Andrea, her first question to me was like, did you think all that was real or was it like imagined? And I was like... 
It's so hard to say. I don't know. But it felt more real than it should have, right? It felt more real than... Yeah, it definitely should have... I think it definitely should have laid in the ambiguity. Another another problem that I have with that is the... um, the very end of the movie, it gets a little bit more verbose than I expected it to. Mm, mm-hmm. Like I'm talking about, I'm talking about the, the last line in the movie when it's like, "Charlie, you have been blah blah blah," and they talk for like a whole minute. Yeah, and it does, it does lead to that fucking phenomenal last shot, which I think is the best shot in the movie. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, but um, I just think it gets a little bit too wordy at the end. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other grievances that I have with this movie, but I don't know that I have any. Yeah, it's, um, I think I talked about this in the last Fear Bidding. Um, it's, some people were like, like, talked about how it's not overtly scary, and I would agree that it's, personally, I would agree that it's not, it's definitely like an, a, a creeping fucking horror, and like, I, dread. I, I think, I think in retrospective, it's easy to say that it isn't very scary, mm-hmm. be, but like, I feel like in the moment, like, it's very much preying on what you know of traditional horror movies, because you, they do like the... They like do like the shot, and then you do the reverse shot, and then you do the first shot, and there's something missing from behind them. Yeah. And you're like, oh no, there's something going to jump out. Yeah. And then nothing jumps out. It's a lot of tension, and there's no like release valves. You know, horror is all about you know te- steam being built up in pipes. And right. You, the release valve. You release the valves by by adding humor, or you release the valves by adding actual scares. And when, right. when you don't have any scares and no humor in such a fucking fraught movie is this yeah absolutely. it just builds and builds and builds and i don't think my i don't think my heart returned to its normal pace until about an hour after i left the theater no it definitely i was definitely shaking after i finished the movie but i i don't think i had any like serious scares because the movie like you said just like a lot of tension and then it would move on to the next thing and I was yeah like, you do not get a release yeah and it's and it's two hours of edging yeah <laughs> don't say it like that <laughs> Okay, do you have any other grievances at the time? Because I just want to kind of delve into, delve into, like, bit by bit some of the things that I fucking loved about this movie. No, I don't have any other grievances. Those are the things that I've been... Oh, yeah. right. So, mm-hmm. one of the things that I could not stop thinking about for since I've seen this movie um, is the, just towards the end of the movie, this movie starts really frame, using camera framing in a really ingenious way because one of the whole one of the core things is Tony Collette's character does miniature models for a living of, like, yes. cross-sections of houses. So the camera is being... The camera is being moved so that, like, there are natural, like, borders to a frame that makes it look like she is, like, entering... You are looking at the cross-section of a house. There's, like, one shot that's just, like, coming to mind where she comes down the stairs and it's a, and it's just, like, a very long shot of the corridor of yes. the hallway that the stairs are in. And then it pans over and there's a column in the middle that's just, like, it's reaching all the way up to the top of the screen. So mm-hmm. it's it's effectively dividing it. Mm-hmm. So it is like it, you are traveling in between rooms of this cross-section of the house. And it's fucking phenomenal some of the camera work in this movie like that shot when she goes to jones house for the second time and yes. like the camera is like upside down and, like there's like a, a 180 like yes swoop. no it's, it's so good so good i i want to say that i love miniatures as metaphor that's yeah what, it's not a common trope but it's one of my favorites what else have you seen it i'm curious because i like that a lot um uh it's definitely a theme in synecdoche new york um, okay. Uh, because uh, the the miniature killer from Criminal Mind or from CSI. <laughs> um, so, New York is like one half of a couple makes things that are makes art that's tr- like bigger than life, and then the other half of the couple makes things that are like minuscule and like almost microscopic. Isn't that movie like heartbreakingly depressing? Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's interesting, and I like. I really. I think miniatures are such such an interesting way to tell metaphor because there's something so detail oriented about them and anal Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm, them mm -hmm. that like 
when she's working on her miniatures in the movie, she's definitely depicting her traumas. But when she talks about them, it's in such a detached way, right? Because, like, yeah. there's a point when she's um, um, representing the death of her daughter uh, by her head getting de- decapitated on this, like, this telephone pole. Um, and her husband comes in and she's like, what? he's like, what is Peter, you know, her son, going to think of this? Yeah. And she's like, I'm just presenting a neutral representation it's of just the, the fact. Right, exactly. And it's and like, it's, oh, it's, I, I feel like Gabriel Byrne is not going to get a bunch of credit for this movie because he didn't really have, I feel like he didn't have a ton to do. Right. But I think he like. He I, did I good with what he had, absolutely. I, he did phenomenal with what he had. I don't think, I, I just like, because he didn't have a ton to do, he's not like reaching the same level as Millie Shapiro or Tony Collette or sure. uh, Alex Wolf. Sure. But with what he was given, he did a phenomenal fucking job. Yeah. Just, like, no, you he played the role that he was supposed to in such an effective way absolutely you can slowly see like the tolerance that he has for what is happening and like he's trying to he's trying to combat with like he just lost his daughter and his wife just lost her mother Mm -hmm. and she also lost her daughter and Mm -hmm. but she is also like reaching a point of irreparability and unforgivability and he doesn't really know where the balance is he's worried about him being you know irrational and not giving her enough but also giving her too much i think he does a phenomenal job and there's probably not much else we are going to say about him in this episode i just wanted to shut that out no 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 the whole cast does a great job i would say uh alec alec wolf or alex wolf Alex. Alex Wolf and Tony Collette are the strongest, but like he Absolutely. he has um, such a specific performance that he needs, he's trying to provide, and he does such a fucking bang up job. There was no there was no point in this movie where I was like removed from the immersion of it because of someone's performance, which happens sometimes in horror movies where you you can tell the actor is acting, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, but that was that was never the case for this. It was like, oh, this this feels like real human beings, real experiences with this sort of shit. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so I just I just laid out a thing that I really loved and then transitioned to how I liked to like Gabriel Byrne. What's, you go for something right now. We'll just like we'll just ping pong back and forth for a little while. Uh, I love the motifs in this movie. Um, go on. Uh, I loved the... I love the weird decapitation motif. Yeah, that was really good. It happens three times. It happens first with the um, the bird. You see this the in the bird. preview. But it happens first with the bird that flies into the window and then Charlie cuts off the head of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Um, which is just like a fucking teaser of what's going to happen next vis-a-vis decapitation. Then Charlie, yeah. we talked about this. Charlie's head gets cut off. Um, yes. And it's like, it gets, I don't think cut is the right word. I think she gets like, it gets like off. smacked off. Smacked off. Um, oh, it's com- okay. Her death is so horrifying because like, okay. I just, the entire time the scene was happening. Well, let, all, let, let's, hold on. Let's talk about the, I, I just want to get the, the third one. Is, Can we the get third the one is, um, uh, uh, Tony Collette's mother's, so she finds her mother's body in her attic. With the head cut off. With the head cut off. Um, and her body is so distended and, like, like, like decomposed that she can barely tell it's her mother, but, like, who else could it be, right? Um, right. Uh, so those are the, that's the beheading motif. Oh, and then four. That's, that's four, because then... Because Tony, then Tony Collette is seen levitating and cutting off. her head off with wire. Yeah, mm-hmm. And um, it's what are some other motifs you caught? Because I'm trying to think of some other ones that I. Well, I mean, fire, I mean, fire was definitely a thing that we saw a lot of because oh, you know between, actually. between like how the how the treehouse looked like a, a furnace and the uh, the burning of the book and the burning of Stephen. Well, I feel like there's something inherent in narratives about women, uh, connected to fire, 
you know? Warmth. I, I think I think I think it is basic I think it is basic tenet, it is just about warmth. Motherly motherly comfort is associated with warmth a lot of the time. The warmth of, because like so like the though, I mean the warmth the warmth of the womb, obviously. I was trying to think for a little while whether or not what the treehouse was supposed to be, whether it was supposed to represent whether it was supposed to be sort of representative of a womb or a furnace, and it's kind of a little bit of both. Like I mean, obviously like the be- like the biggest Womb in in horror movies is Alien the 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 compute the control right. the control center in Alien. Right. But like, anyway, sorry, go on. So 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 I mean, uh, heat and fire. Uh, let's let's co- combine those two into the same motif. Sure. Um. Uh. Because, so Tony Collette's character, uh, Annie, I think you said her name was. Um, Annie. Yes. It's been about a week since I've seen the movie, so things are a bit hazy for me. But uh, she sleepwalks a lot. Um. And. Now- Question, uh, question. Yes. Is this sleepwalking or is this, do you think this could have been, I, I, Andrea brought this up to me and it's been kind of rattling around in my brain. Do you think this was just like a, an alter, a DID style, like sort of thing she did in a bit of a fugue state with not exactly sleepwalking, even though sleepwalking is kind of a fugue state on its own, but mm-hmm. I digress. Um, I think it's impossible to say definitively, but I think that yeah. could be a possibility. Um, but it seems to communicate some sort of internal desire and fear of hers. Um, so not a completely separate sort yeah. of drive. Because she's she's got this 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 fear this some this some kind of like it, it, desire that has she has persisted since birth that she didn't want to have Peter right, and then something about. I don't know, rectifying it after the fact. Like, yeah. Uh, oh. Listen, listen, I know abortion is a bit of a sticky wicket, but I think we can all agree here a 24th trimester abortion is is not, I think that should be banned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so what she, so the first time we get at uh, Wait, that's only this. six years old. Hold on. I need to do some quick math. Okay. Uh, a 72nd trimester abortion is too late. <laughs> so the first instance we get of like, flame is like she um talks about the time to uh joan joan where she woke up from being in a sort of like a sleepwalking state founding herself covered in paint thinner found uh peter and charlie who were sharing a a room at the time both covered in paint thinner and she woke herself up with the striking of a match like full, like her sleepwalking self, fully intending to light them both on fire, and uh, Peter woke up at the same time, and she's like, he's never been able to let that go since. Like he's always held held that against me. Um, and this iterates itself again when she has another like sleepwalking sort of nightmare. Yes. When she uh, she she wakes up and there's a trail of ants. Sorry about the ripping. I'm taking my 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 boot off. It's all good. Um, uh, she wakes up and there's a trail of ants leading into Peter's room and, like, covering his body, similar to the ants that were found on Charlie's body, uh, or her head, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she is, like, terrified. And then uh, he wakes up and it, that was a dream. And he they have a conversation and she reveals... Ooh, God. You good? She reveals... Yeah, sorry, I just burped. It's good. <laughs> uh, she reveals that um, uh, she never wanted to have him. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when, when she said that and put her hand over the mouth, there was an audible gasp in the theater. Yeah. So I went to a theater with, like, maybe four other people in it, which was not mm-hmm. a great sign for opening it, but it was also, like, two in the afternoon, so, like, people... Oh, are... yeah, you don't want to see a horror movie at two in the fucking afternoon. Right, but also that was the only time I was available, so, like, I saw right. fucking right. Hereditary in two in the afternoon. Um, so... That's my, that's my favorite, uh... 
Back to the streets, Panic at the Disco song. Oh. It's not, it's two in the afternoon. Hereditary's at the theater. <laughs> I'm just like remembering that fucking album. <laughs> I own it, good, but it's so it? bad. It's like, sorry to Which any one, Panic at the Disco that? fans, because I like like their stuff genuinely. But I, that... We're going to come to blows about this, because I don't think they put out a good album since the one that I write since Non Tragedy was on. No, they've, okay, so Brendan or Yuri is, like, do, basically doing solo work as Panic! at the Disco now. Pretty much, yeah. Um, he, I think he's a tremendous performer, and he's got a great voice. Um, I've not, com- like, seriously, like, in a sort of committed way, listened to any of his music, but everything I've heard, like, I've really, really enjoyed. So I'm, I'm pretty sure his albums are fine. You know, I'm pretty sure they're fine. Um, I just, I, 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 I listened to... Uh... Uh, uh, too weird to live, too rare to die. Recently, again yeah. for the first time since like it came out in 2013. Yeah, and I was like, man, I kind of like this, but it objectively fucking sucks ass. Yeah, and the thing is that pretty odd was just like just like a weird Beatles homage that didn't need to exist. Yeah, uh, what is it? The the, the fantastic Mister Green and what the fuck ever. Yeah, it just I own the whole. That's part. A, that is that is a Beatles. That is the name of a Beatles song. The way it starts is a Beatles song. Like it's so. It's so it's 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 not so antithetical to what Panic at the Disco is, and they kind of return. Let's say Brendan Urie kind of returned to his roots since, and he's making just straight up pop punk now. Whether you think it's good or bad, it's just straight up pop punk, and so that's like what he wants to do. Um. Anyways, but Pretty Odd is not a good album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, so let's talk about the scene. Which scene? The scene. Well, which scene? I thought there was a lot of the scenes in this movie. I mean, the scene, when I say the scene, like, I think that it's a pretty, I think at least when I've mentioned the scene to other people, they talk about the part where Charlie's head comes all the way off. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that was definitely the turning point for me for the movie. Um, so uh, I just want to give a quick, uh, a bit more bit, break by, uh, bit by bit rundown. So... Um, Peter and Charlie go to this party, uh, and Peter wants to go sneak off and smoke some weed with this girl that he likes, mm-hmm. and he leaves Charlie alone for, like, five minutes, and he's like, oh, shit, Charlie, they got cake, they got chocolate cake, go get yourself a slice. And we already know and, at this point that she's allergic to nuts. Yeah, she's allergic to nuts. Um, and, uh, we get to, uh, he's, like, smoking weed, and she comes in, he's like, Charlie, or Peter, I don't feel so good, and her, like, throat's closing. Yeah. So he's stoned, and he's, he's driving to the hospital. Yeah. Uh, he rushes out, he drives her to the hospital, and she's, like, having a very hard time, like, she's, like, kicking and writhing in the back seat because they don't have an EpiPen with them. Right. Um, and it seems a little bit inconsiderate, considerate, uh, to think about because, like, they went to the funeral service without it, and they also let her go to this yeah. party without it, but I digress. No, no, when I went to this with my parents, their main concern was the fact, like, Okay, if she has such a serious nut allergy, why does she not have an EpiPen with her at all times, right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, but fine. It's like if, if, if there had been nuts, if there had been nuts in the chocolate bar that she ate at the funeral, she would have like been she fucked. Would have, she would have been very fucked. But yeah, um, so she rolls down the window and sticks her head out because she wants to get some air or something. I guess I really don't know what it's like to be an anaphylactic shock. Yeah. But um, then a dead deer comes up on the road, and uh, Peter has to swerve to avoid hitting it. And at the same time, a telephone pole is right on the side of the road. Charlie's head hits it and comes clean the fuck off. And Alex Wolf so. deserves an Oscar for this entire scene alone. His acting in the rest oh, of this movie is fine. phenomenal. But his 
He like there. You don't know. He does. He's just like he seems shocked, completely shocked. incredulous. You don't know how to react to this, and you just can't. Like how would I was think? I was like, what would I like? I I was like literally. I was like, like I was thinking like about like what moment. what another movie would do, and it would have someone look in the back seat immediately. But I was thinking what I would do as a human person. I was like, there is no way in hell I would be able to confront the fact that I was I would a directly blame myself for all of this. Absolutely. Right. Um, and B, there's no way I'd be able to visibly confront any of this. So, like, when he was, I, as it was happening, part of my head was like, this is so fucked up that he's not saying anything to anyone. And at the same time, I was like, this is exactly what I would do in this situation. Like, what do you say? It's just, he is such, a, everything else he does in this movie is phenomenal acting. But I think this scene alone deserves and at least a nomination, if not the award itself. Right. Because holy fuck. You feel like you're there with him because you don't know how you... There is no reasonable way to react to this. This is not a reasonable situation. Like, when I, I remember uh, watching uh, another movie that kind of deals with tra- the aftermath of tragedy, uh, Manchester by the Sea. Yeah. And there's that... Did you see that? I have not, but I've there's that There's that scene it. in the middle. There's that scene in the middle where it's revealed that Casey Affleck uh, accidentally killed all three of his children. Mm-hmm. By leaving a burning log on in the ha- by leaving a burn uh, by leaving the fireplace on when he went to go get beer, mm-hmm. and um, he doesn't get arrested for it, which seems weird because that seems like negligence of a child. Yeah. To a point, but I digress. It's a movie, um, and like that is like it's so it's trying so hard to tell you that he is sad because he tries to kill himself, mm-hmm. but like it's just it's it's a little bit hard to. Because that's just like a, that's just like an unreasonably high amount of grief to consider going. Through. Not that people don't, obviously, but like, right? You know. Anyways, I think this movie just does a really fucking good job of it. That scene is just like, it's despite the fact that it is an impossible situation to imagine yourself in, you still feel like you're right fucking there. Right. And he goes home. He's still completely in shock. He lays down. He the morning comes. He has not slept. Very obvious. Like, is how could you sleep? You'd just be hearing that that sound, that thunk. Right. The cracking the rest of, of your fucking, fucking bones. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Just, yeah I, horrible. I like. I fucking. When it happened, I took it. I at, like just involuntarily. I took a huge breath and like puffed my cheeks out like a fucking blowfish, and I did not let it go for thirty seconds at least. Yeah, I was like. And then, I, I was and like. Then, I was like waiting for the fucking like boot to drop you know like oh because the, there's there had been some like plays with reality before then right right i, I was fully expecting that to be just like something imagined or, right or exactly something. exactly um but no it, her whole ass head because it was it was like this level of fucking completely out of left field horrifying but at the same time it's like this is how death happens sometimes yeah like, in a completely unexpected way um, I know I, some people are sick you, of horror just, movies you, that just, deal with you know, grief, it's but just I think like, it's great. Blair, it's just like, I was going to quote Mount Erie, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Feels a bit weird and probably immoral to do that here. Yeah, maybe. But it's um, not real, so don't worry about it. No, death is not real in this case. <laughs> All these um, actors are still very much alive. Yeah, yeah, I'm very glad Mila Shapiro did not actually get her whole head knocked off. Um... But, uh, and then the fucking, the morning after, when, to- when you hear, when you just, like, you, you've never been in that position where, like, you know you, like, left a big mess in the, in the, lo- in, the la- in, like, the lounge of your house or something. Absolutely, you, and yeah. you wake up, you wake up before your parents do, and they mm-hmm. go downstairs, and you hear them, like, discover your beer cans or what the fuck ever. Mm-hmm. And, like, that to, like, the 
bajillionth degree because you hear Tony Collette like going out to her car Fucking and opening wailing. the door and finding her daughter's body, and then we get this horrible shot of her doubled over on the floor, doubled over on the floor, just unable to stop crying absolutely inconsolable like she's just hollering about how she wants to die wants to be dead and god like I, I can't even imagine right you can't even imagine something like that it's like so deep like okay not okay finding out your daughter is dead right after finding out your mother is dead is one thing but she had to see her daughter's body without a fucking head like, first thing in the morning, just running out to the store to grab something. And then she just has to fucking contend with that, right? She was like, God. it was so, the, the blood, she describes it to Joni later, like, the blood coming out of her was, like, was black like tar because it had been coagulating all, all night. night. And oh. she had no, she, the head wasn't there, but she could tell it was her daughter because it had her daughter's, like, clothes on her. Fucking completely, absolutely horrifying. And there's, I mean, she... Clearly doesn't want to blame Peter for it, but, like, it is obvious that's her, like, impulse to do so because, like, he was out with her that night. They have a whole conversation about it later in the movie where they're screaming at each other. Oh, that's another phenomenal movie. Oh, my God. This is, okay, so this is her, I think this is one of her strongest moments in the movie as when she's screaming at Peter. She gets gets kind of prodded. Peter's like, say what you're going to fucking say. And she screams for a minute about everything that she is going through and, and, then, and she says i says, wish what about because because the whole thing is that she was like making her making peter bring uh charlie to the the party the party that she was he was gonna go to and she he was like she didn't want to go to that party what about you like can you take any fall for this either or is it all my fault and it's it's just like holy shit right like, holy the shit. The part where she screams, I am your mother I mean, is... this is in the previews, but it's like... There's a reason why it's in the previews. It's because it's tremendous, right? It's it's one of the... It's one of just the best bits of acting I have seen in so long. It's so good. Oh, my God. Um, So, I want to talk a little bit about the previews. Um, I think there were a couple of things that uh, got spoiled by the previews that I wish hadn't been. Sure. Like uh, the shot, the the wish you were here shot, the the cover of the Pink Floyd album. Sure, sure. As I reference it, the part where um, so later on in the movie, um, uh, Charlie is using the uh, the uh, or uh, not Charlie, Annie is using the journal, uh, the this fucking sketchbook that Charlie used all the time to draw things in, as a uh, like a conduit, like a med- like a medium conduit. And she decides, okay, this is something fucking bad is happening here. I'm gonna throw this in the fire, and then she does. She she starts to do it, and then it, as it has on fire, so does she. She stomps it out. She stops being on fire, and then the next time she just like covers it in a uh, 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 lighter fluid and mm-hmm. tosses it in there. And her husband, who is standing right across from her, goes up in flames. Mm-hmm. And that that shot was spoiled in the t- in the in the preview. It was, and I wish it had. I, I I wish it hadn't been. It was because, spoiled, but I didn't really process it in the preview, and it's still maybe it was really because I was like someone went up in flames, but I really didn't understand what was happening. Right? I mean, as soon as soon as I saw this, as soon as I saw this scene beginning to transpire, I fully knew that Steve was going to go up in flames. Oh, maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I mean, I don't think you. I don't think that's it because uh, and- I talked with Andrea, and she said the exact same thing. She didn't. She didn't see it coming at all. Mm-hmm. Because I knew what? someone was going to go up in flames, but I thought it was either going to be a hallucination. 
Mm-hmm. I actually was banking on the fact that it was going to be a hallucination because I was like, who just goes up in flames, right? Yeah. But, you know? Because I was, I, my brain was just like, no, this doesn't actually happen. Oh, God. In those last 15 minutes of the movie when Peter becomes the protagonist and it's the camera shifted off of Annie. Yes. Uh, so, oh, my God. The part where he comes downstairs and finds his father's charred body. And then there's, like... I know it's been done a lot, but, like, people on the ceiling never fails to freak me out because the camera pans and, like, oh, Annie so is, like, is, like, prone on the ceiling and you can see it and then he, like, gets scared by something and he turns around there's a, just a fucking naked dude with his entire dick and balls out <laughs> and he, uh, in the fucking, in the fucking closet. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Okay, so it's because Peter doesn't see Annie on the ceiling, but he yeah. does see like the, he, the the dick out in the closet. So he looks behind him, and then he looks forward, and then he looks back again. And it's not there, and then he looks up at the ceiling, and then Annie's not there. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And um, then Annie rushes out of the corner, and like uh, in like uh, a kind of a slower jump scare. Like I, I don't know how to like pr- I don't know how to describe it. It wasn't really a jump scare, but like a chase kind of a sequence, sca- kind of. Well, yeah, but like the way she busts out of like the the hiding spot is kind of similar to the way that like uh, remember when the tall when the, when the really really tall guy shows up and it, and it follows. Sure. That's kind of what it is. Like, it's but not, it's like, still exactly just as scare. like nightmarish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when he goes up in the fucking attic and there's that like that like not even a full second shot of like Tony Collette just like on all on hands and knees, uh, like glued to the ceiling somehow, just banging her head on the attic door. <sighs> Okay, so he runs up into the attic where we already know at this point that uh, 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 Annie's dead mother's body is up there. But but he doesn't know. Peter doesn't know this. He doesn't know any of it. He just sees the flies, but he's not even concerned about that because he's being fucking chased by his, like, crazed mother. Yes. Um, But there's, okay, there's a lot of objects of fear here. The fact that she's attached to the fucking ceiling is horrifying, but the, 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 the frequency... Of the banging that happens is like beyond human capacity. Yeah, it's uh, it reminds me a little bit of um, remember like the second you you listened to Lion King. I just re-listened to a couple. Yes, exactly what I'm thinking about is what you're thinking about. Yeah, that scene at the uh, I think it was at the end of the uh, second second episode. episode, Second episode. When uh, the guy uh, like goes to uh, what's her name again? The Um, the, Leah. Leah. Leah Haddock's house Mm. or Leah Haddock's apartment, and he just like. He starts banging, you can tell he's starting to bang his head on the wall, and then, like, he increases it to a frequency that is... You probably could only, like, do with your fist, right? Not with the yeah. muscles in your and neck. And with, with both fists, we'd be like... Right, exactly. Not with one head. Because he's like... Bum, 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 bum. It is it's so fucking scary. Terrifying. I was... Okay, so I listened to this last night with a friend in, like, in a shed in her backyard with her. Uh-huh. Um, and we were both a little champagne drunk at the end of the evening. Um, so it was like that combined with this fucking horrifying audio that's happening and we were just like looking at each other like what the fuck because <laughs> i completely forgot about all of this you know and it's yeah. it's, it's that ex- it, that feeling um but with the empathy attached to the other person who's experiencing it because yeah. you're watching him on screen be just like bes- fucking beside himself because of and all then of she this. somehow then she somehow operates into the ceiling and she is like slicing through her head with a wire. Oh, it's so crazy. Okay, so this is where things, like, okay, thematically go south for me, but visually are still completely on par, you know? Yeah, no, I think I think, I think think the script takes a little bit of a dive in the last couple of pages, uh, but the, 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 the cinematography never fucking stops oh, being phenomenal. Absolutely, yeah. No, it's, uh, it oh always yeah, looks great. Uh, I, Andrea had to point this out to me, but the scene at the very end of the movie 
the the last shot that we get is uh, very similar to the shot that we have uh, inside Joan's apartment the second time mm. when like the camera pans inside and there's a picture of Peter and Charlie and there's like the three or four figurines inside like the the reeds of bramble. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's I'll, cool. I'd have to watch. I'd have to watch it again. To, to I want to see it again. To yeah, probably yeah. not anytime super soon. Su- anytime soon <laughs> because I think like um, my body won't be able to handle it. But I think as soon as it comes out on streaming. Um, oh, yeah. I might even just host a stream, not for fear baiting, but just, like, for, like, my friends who want to come. I'll retweet it on the feed. Yeah, for sure. We can do that, but it's, uh, nothing official. But, um, um, there's, okay, A, I, there's totally, I totally understand anyone who's not willing to see this movie twice, because, yes. even, especially it's if you've upsetting. experienced, a, like, a major death in your immediate family, like, yeah. there's, there's a lot of reasons not to see this movie twice, but to really enjoy seeing it the one time. Um, but I think for anyone who's not seen it, and I want to see it myself again for a second time, um, that's going to be the open invitation whenever that comes out on streaming. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is is there anything else you really want to you really want to knock on before we uh, head over to questions? Because I'm trying to think of some other stuff that's like sticking out to me about this movie. Mm. I I just I want to say that um, a twenty four consistently puts out like some of my favorite fucking horror movies. And, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up a Wikipedia list of their of their uh, their fucking track record. Yeah, they put out they put out the witch, which was one of my favorite fucking. It was, it was one of the movies that was like, oh, we're putting out good horror movies again, like real artsy good horror movies, because it felt like a Lars von Trier without a problem with women, you know? Yeah. Um, I love the witch so much. I still really I know I under, I know people who fucking hated it, and I get why people don't like it, but I it just did everything for me. Um, okay, so here, here's a short list of some of their stuff. Mm-hmm. Not all horror movies, but mostly. Uh, Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. The Witch. Yeah. Green Room. Yep. Swiss Army Man. Yep. Uh, Moonlight. Yep. They put out Get Out. No, they did they put out Get Out? No, you think that that was Bloomhouse. Okay, yeah. The Black Coat's I Daughter. I really like Bloomhouse, too, though. The Black Coat's Daughter. Yes. Uh, but, but, but It Comes at Night. Mm-hmm. Ladybird. Oh, yep. They put out Ladybird. It was super good. <laughs> Not a and horror now, movie, but super And now good. this, Hereditary. Yep. Um, There's a lot more movies in there that I didn't list, but, like, those are just this. Oh, and The Killing of a Sacred Deer as well, which I really need to see. Yeah. Uh, A24. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you somehow, by the way, if you somehow missed It Comes at Night last year, you need to track that down. That movie That's is me. I need tremendous. to see it so fucking bad. Because I've heard so many good things about it. I've been meaning to see it so bad. But I've heard really, really good things, and I know kind of the plot of it, so... Um, but, uh, yeah, A24 and Bloomhouse are putting out my favorite, like, weird, artsy A24, experiment. Blo- A24 and Bloomhouse, I trust you with my life. Yeah, absolutely. Because Bloomhouse is responsible for the Creep series, um, and A24 is just, like, fabulous. They, they put out a lot of my non, my favorite non-horror movie. They put out uh, The Lobster, which I think is super good. Um, so, I, but I, what I want to say is that, like, there is a, there's a new trend in horror where it's not popcorn thrillers. There's still some popcorn thrillers, but we're getting more, we're getting back into the horror as metaphor, you know? Yeah. And I, um, I, 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 I do very much want to uh, shout out a couple of the trailers that I saw at the start of that movie. Yeah. Uh, so, um, fucking, there was a Bloomhouse movie that I saw on there that I cannot remember off the top of my head, but that was a trailer. There was a trailer for a Bloomhouse flick in there. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna, <laughs> sorry, I'm pulling it up. I'm just trying to pull it up real okay, quick. Okay, okay. Uh, God, fuck, which one was it? I mean, it's, I, I just want to say, like, I think horror is, is, is 
I mean, it can be campy and it can be really can be at the same. There's something so um, something about oh horror. the first purge. That's what it was. Oh yeah, there's something. Oh no, wait, and I'm sorry, go on, go on. There's something about horror that is so expansive for all genres. Like it can like cover fucking drama and comedy and action and um, all of this shit really really well and effectively and still be terrifying and i think yeah. fear is such such an interesting venue to explore all of these because i think fear drives so many of us all the time or at least anxiety which is a form of fear um and i i just think uh uh there's 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 a new wave of like horror being taken seriously as actual cinema again um after like a bunch of crap came out in the 2000s which is fine because crap from we're, all genres came out in the 2000s we're back right? in a we're, we're having a renaissance we're definitely having I, a renaissance. I, I honestly think that this gets to be attributed to james wan a little bit because insidious was one of the first ones that felt that from at least from what i've read from what i've heard elsewhere i haven't actually I had a chance to sit down i fucking and watch hated it, insidious so i don't agree <laughs> I, I think i think it actually did so sort of bring in Maybe. a newer era potentially Maybe. i could be wrong I, I, we need to sit we need to sit down and watch it i felt like insidious was peak camp for me peak horror which is good i like horror camp i hated insidious for other reasons but i thought you know like that's horror camp for me which is great i love horror camp um, yeah but but um shit like the witch and um other movies that are like terrifying at the same time as being like like metaphorically evocative um, yeah, just tremendous works of art that are coming out. Fear is a body genre, so it's like valued less than other genres that are more quote unquote intellectual. But I think using the body's like initial response to being afraid is so powerful to carry a message. So I'm I'm really really excited about this new, like this new run. This new era. Yeah. Uh, so actually, Bloomhouse was producing three movies that I saw trailers for. Okay. No, sorry, only two. Um, one of them being The First Purge, which actually kind of looks... I, I know I said this about every Purge movie, but it actually looks kind of decent. I'm not going to see it. I've never seen a Purge movie, and I'm not going to continue to see it. They we just... are going to... We're going to break that streak. <laughs> okay. If someone pays I'm, me I'm money putting, to see a I'm, Purge movie, I'll see it. Well, good news, bitch. I'm putting three Purge movies on the next poll. Ah! Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, Unfriended Dark Web. Oh, shit, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, not not at the that was not this was not a trailer before this movie, but they did sh- I did see it the same day. Uh, the Halloween remake. Yeah, I didn't see a trailer trailer for the. I dark am web. going to bust a nut over Jamie Lee Curtis's grandma ass. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a couple gift sets of um, the trailers that have come up for the Halloween, and I gotta say, I was a little wary, but I, after seeing Jamie Lee Curtis, and I'm like, oh shit, no, I'm ready for this. Emotionally, I'm super ready for this, right? Like yeah. And also, I'm always down for fucking unfriended, so. Like, okay, so we, we talked, so A24 is, like, artsy. Bloomhouse is, like, your cousin, but, like, yeah. your really fun cousin. Your really fun cousin. <laughs> uh-huh, so um, I would not say every movie that Bloomhouse put out is good, but they're at least fun. Well, I mean, some of the some of the movies, like, well, like, I mean, like, they put out Get Out and Creep too. Right. No, some of them are good, but not all of them are good. But at right, least all okay. of them are fun. <laughs> oh man, I just remember the existence of the movie Ouija: Origin of Evil, and we have to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> okay, um, let's get into some questions. Okay, right on. Uh, first question from at Dora underscore Mingu: Is Evil hereditary? I don't think so. 
Um, I think I think it can be, but it's not necessarily. If we're talking about in real life, no. But in the context of the movie, I don't know if evil was. Well, I I think that I, I think that I think that not necessarily evil, but like badness can be hereditary. If that makes any sense. Um. Well. I don't know if it's inherent, you know? It can be something you're raised with, but it can also no, be something you No, I guess, you yeah, learn, that's more of a know? nurture versus... That's more of a nurture versus a nature thing. Right. Never mind, I'm stupid. I forgot what the word hereditary means. No, it's it's all good. Um, I think within the context of the movie, I don't even know if evil was a theme of it, even though the demonic stuff was, like, literally invoked within it. Um, I think it was just, like... I don't even... Yeah, evil. Like, I never felt like... Um, these people with what had bad intentions, just self-serving intentions, which sometimes tended to hurt other people, but it was not like intentionally hurting other. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah, I do get you. Yeah, um, is evil hereditary? Uh, not, I, I would say not in context of real life, and not in the context of this movie. Um, yeah, it's it's something per- per- perhaps learned, but also something potentially unlearned. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Pidmon also wants to know, uh, is it a mutant power? I don't think so. What does Pidmon want to know? Or, sorry, Dormingo wants to know, is it a mutant power? Is evil a mutant power? I don't think it is. I do not think it is. Unless you have, like, the, unless you have, like, the, the, the Punisher's power, which is to make people, uh, commit crimes within, a, like, a 50-foot radius of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, also, okay, and Jasmine Marsh at Pidmon wants to know... I know jack fuck about this movie, so hey friends, tell us about your favorite sit-down restaurant meal. My go-to is always uh, a buffalo a buffalo chicken club. I fucking love Rubens. I'll fuck up a Ruben any day. If not that, then like a sort of veggie burger, but yeah. Rubens are my go-to. Uh, what do you think of swimming pools? Uh, I like them, but I can't I can't really go in them much for a little while because like I don't I my titties are too big to wear just bottoms, but also like I don't look good at all in a bathing suit sure i hate swimming and i hate swimming pools i hate lakes i hate bodies of water so fuck all of that okay well you are a bitch uh <laughs> and lastly any takes on amusement parks like them. Uh, I, I like love them, them. <laughs> i like them yeah yeah i i it's been a grip since i've been to one but we have a local one called Ver- valley fair which is super fun and i want to go back uh as soon as i have the fungibles to do that so i love amusement parks i love going really fast and down you know yeah. <laughs> uh, What's your favorite hmm. kind of amusement park ride? Uh, I like a yo-yo. A yo-yo? Uh, a, you know, like this. It's what they call. It's what it's called at the uh, at the local at the local amusement park. The one where it's a spinny. Oh sure, sure. I like, like you're you're in the spinny. You're spinning and you're in the chairs, the hanging chairs. Oh yeah, I like one of those that are like the 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 ones that twist a lot and then you're you're twisting with them. Oh, the corkscrew. Yeah. Um, but I also... Oh, no, 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 the UFO, the ones that you... The ones that, like, that, there's that picture of the dude, like, standing up on in, like, inside of it, and he's, like, horizontal. <laughs> yeah. I just talked about how I don't like water that much, but I kind of like log slides. Really? Because, like, the thing is about log flumes is that they're the dirtiest things... I, I don't feel like this. I just feel like this is the argument that's lobbied against everyone... Against but me by everyone. But you smell the chlorine everywhere. Right? You've got a point. You've got a point. There's, like, enough chlorine to poison a human body, so I think I'm okay. Um, and I really... I just... I love your standard roller coasters. Um, yeah. They, they make me feel like I'm gonna die, so it's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's gonna be... That's it for questions. That's so, the entire uh, thing, thank- yeah. Thank you for your support, folks. That's what helps us do these bonus episodes. If you want to support us, patreon.com slash beerbaiting. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, after bidding on Twitter, freebaiting.tumblr.com, freebaiting at gmail.com, you can check us out everywhere. Check out our sister podcast, The Wonder Yorks. It's our Animorphs podcast. It's a fucking banger. Uh, check me out at GayestLulu on Twitter, chiesosnakas.tumblr.com. And this Friday at 1 a.m., well, I guess it's technically Saturday at 1 a.m. Eastern, 12.45 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, mm-hmm. I will be doing a Cuphead speedrun race for the kids. So come on, do join me for the kids. Uh, and, hopefully I'll uh, be able to make it to that one. I'm really excited for it, so. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, see. Yeah, do it, do it for the kids. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um super cool i'm super proud of you oh yeah and check out my uh check out my uh my other podcast the letters of podcast henry kissinger's pokemon going to die uh blair go for it okay so if you want to find me online you can do so at blair kitch on twitter or at blair kitch dot tumblr dot com for my um more, more fandom content let's be real here um my i have commissions open for like I will do other graphic design stuff for you as long as it's fairly simple, but like mostly like playlist covers and shit like that for five bucks a pop, real cheap. I just give me something to do because I need something to do with my hands for monies. Um, you can you can contact me uh, on Tumblr or on Twitter or wherever you want to. Um, if you want to email the show, you can do so uh, fearbaiting at gmail.com. Send us your essays about this movie because we love to hear all of that. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you for so much for supporting the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and thank you for tuning into this bonus episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out Hereditary. It's a good fucking movie. Super um, good. But until next time. I hope you didn't I'm listen s- to this episode before seeing fucking Hereditary because it wouldn't yeah, make any fucking, sense to fu- you. Fuck your own ass if you did that. Right. Um, you're on our watch list. Yeah, uh, you're going to hell. <laughs> um, but, anyways, until next time, I'm Sarah. I'm Blair. And remember. You can put a fucked up guy anywhere. Good night, everyone. Later.